0: You know, know, (laughs) unless you're in that kind of environment. But it's also not, it's also harder for, like, guys as well. Yeah, definitely. Because I would say I kind of relate to you, both of you, in the sense that it was kind of, um, I had the whole issue of it being a burden and also that whole issue of it, not who can kind of talk to. And I just feel like I can't talk to everyone about it. Even, like, like family as well. I've, I've got, like, so whenever I'm, like, you know, doing the podcast... Or in like different sort of um, environments where people have been through it as well, it's like almost I find it easier than talking to the, even like your own like family and stuff. And I, and I always I always used to find that weird until like you realize there's more people actually who kind of it's not weird because people feel the same way as well, you know. So that's um. But I think even now it's it's I've still got a long way to go in terms of being completely like uh, expressive in terms of like around other people because I've got friends as well. They, I mean, they, they've been they've been really supportive, but I don't find it easy to kind of just, right, just have a start a combo with them. Like it's more so easy for people I don't know. Like with you guys I've just I've just kind of met you guys but it doesn't feel uncomfortable. You, you know? Like like kind of just having that combo. Style. I guess because we've, we've been open through something we we kind of like have a, a all have something in common unfortunately but so I guess that kind of plays a part as well. You know? Kind of having to be able to talk to other people. You know? That's um, exactly.
1: It's I find even people closest to you, they're, they're not the ones you can necessarily talk to about it even, you know, and feel comfortable because they just don't have that uh, empathy, I guess. And I've had a similar experience. So actually meeting someone you've met for the first time, you just met them, but you've got that in common with them actually makes it that much easier to talk about your most deepest, darkest feelings and your experiences, even if I only just met them. So it's quite a strange sort of situation, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you say. You can only really yeah, sure. feel comfortable and start a conversation with people that know and are in the same boat as you.
0: Yeah, and and one thing that kind of because um, I I think it's great like um, like you guys hosting these meetings and, and I think the whole organisation is great in itself. But one thing that I kind of found interesting was um, the number of like men. So it's still quite a low a low figure in terms of I'm, I'm guessing women in the group as well. Like um, about it was about twenty percent.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's the figure that's been quoted to us. Um but actually see when I was told that number, I thought that was it was higher than I expected. Like obviously being from having a male perspective and coming into the the organization in, in the way that I did, I I came from a, a point of view of not knowing this existed and understanding that men don't really talk very well about this kind of thing. So when I was told twenty percent, I was like do you know what? Like obviously there's a long way to go and you'd love it yeah, to be
0: yeah.
1: But it was it was better than I expected. Yeah, we both said the other day, we said we're surprised it's that high because we, we don't see 20% of people in our groups that, that are men. It, yeah, it almost never happens. So yeah,
0: more than you think. I think it's twenty percent is better than than nothing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I think of course, like there's there's still like a long way to go in terms of probably even surpassing the number of women well it's not about surpassing or even about you're just good to know there's a lot more men, than well, men I
1: used to think that when I first started doing it I used to think oh we're going to get loads of men talking we're going to even the playing field gets you know, 50-50 if we can but I soon realised that it doesn't work like that Like men are wired differently they're brought up differently they don't have the same yeah. mindset yeah. it's not their fault all, all you can do is give them a platform give them a chance to speak and when it's when they're ready for it it's there for them that's all you can do you just raise awareness you can't expect
0: you know too much too soon it takes time yeah I, th- I think that's quite key because rather than looking at it as a thing of right I need to get 10 men this week or it's not it's not like a it's not like a uh, it's not a race or just as you said just you know it's it's there if you want it because again not everyone feels comfortable talking and that's fine that's that's not a bad thing if some people might want to just come to the space and just maybe listen and then even yeah, from that for them that that's enough you Know for some, they might be they want might want to talk it so it's, it's different. So I think, because um, even with me, although like my um, what I do with the podcast is it, simple, it's not similar in the sense of like it's it's a platform, don't even want people to talk. But whereas mine's a bit different, where like because a podcast idea that I, I, I want people to kind of come and talk on a podcast, but <laughs> um, so far, I think it's, there's been definitely a lot of support um, from women, I, I've found, especially when I look at in terms of our, our audience and, and amount of listeners and that's not it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing but of course same with yourself so i would like it if there's if i can engage with more um guys you know like it's not um but i'll never be like all right i'm not gonna take on you know have this person because she's a woman and she's because mm-hmm. i want you know i want to even out it's always if there happens to be more women then there's more women it's not it's not a problem but of course over time eventually then there's more men you know young men talking even Men older than me as well. It's not. It's not a but ideal. I think sometimes with these things, younger people like ourselves, it's always kind of harder. Because um I I lost my well, my dad at at 24. So at that time, it was kind of like a foreign concept to me of, of this whole grief thing. Like no one around me is going through it. What you know? What who do I didn't even have any kind of uh no about any any platforms to kind of turn to or or discuss about. You know. So. um i'm sure it's probably the same with, you, with yourselves as well
2: yeah i think that's that's the main thing that that like i think we should be focusing on just now is like you know i i said when i joined the group and you just said there that like you didn't know that there was platforms available um and like as men we don't generally look for for these kind of things we don't we don't generally look for support um, mm. but only if it really like falls falls at our feet uh, but what i found was when when i Went to the first meetup for the the Glasgow. Let's talk about loss. All the ladies there said, "I couldn't believe there wasn't something like this in Glasgow before this." Like, you know, I I was bereaved like three or four years ago, and I've been looking for something like this since then. And I was just I was just shocked. Like, you know, I didn't. I only found out about it by chance because like one of my friends was involved, or like one of my mm-hmm not so close friends, but one of my friends was involved and she posted on her Instagram. Yeah. So, th- like, that kind of, it's just that kind of, like, disconnect with, like, what, you know, what we, what we
1: think we need and what we think is available. Mm. Definitely. It goes to show how much people need it because you can see how much the organization's grown over the last sort of 18 months. Like, just, just look at that. We had, when I started in April last year, there was three groups, I think it was three, I think it was Bristol, Nottingham, and then London had just sort of started when I joined, there's only three of us, and then now there's like 24 groups across, you know, okay. across the crazy how much it's grown, but that just shows how much we need it, people this age, you know, that we, we go looking for it, because we don't have it in our own lives, our own sort of inner circles. You know, it's yeah, I, it's
2: I think as well, we've had like three or four new new groups uh, over lockdown as well, right. so like it's yeah, still, would, like, you know, we're still growing even, even through the pandemic and p- maybe people even, even, even need it more just now.
0: Yeah, I think, I think is, and that's what, one thing I wanted to kind of touch on with this whole like, conversation is like this whole, like male grief and the stigma of it, because I feel like it's not like how everyone else grieves, is always going to be different and subjective, but when you, as a guy, obviously, like you said, we're wired in a certain way. So that kind of affects how we kind of grieve, especially when it comes to loss, um, because I always felt like this is whole idea of okay, you know what, just kind of not brush on the carpet, but just get on with it. So, yeah, you guys kind of feel like where do you guys feel that kind of stems from? That right, just get on with it and just you know business as usual, like.
2: Yeah, I would say it comes it comes from like our our fathers as role models and their fathers before them. So if we take it back a few generations, my great granddad was a miner, uh, and. If he took a day off work to grieve, he would lose out a day's pay. And he had four kids to feed. And his his wife obviously didn't work because it was a way back in the day. So if he took a day off, he was letting his family down. And in that kind of, you know, um ethos and that kind of value was like passed down to to his kids and uh, and then their kids before them. And like even like my dad's not really like that but he still went out and worked and nothing, nothing ever fazed him. I never, never saw him cry. Never saw him upset. Like never saw him have a bad day. He always just got on with it. And that was kind of, you know, passed to me as well. And then when, like when my mum died, when I was 16, it was just me and my dad in the house. And I would look at him and think like, oh, I need to be strong for him. I can't like, you know i can't ruin his day for having to look after me for a day and then i found out only more recently that he looked at me in the same way like he needs to be strong for me so it's just kind of like every, how you expect others want you to present yourself i think and also being like it being passed down through generations
0: hmm. is that the same with you as well um Liam?
1: Definitely agree with that. Yeah, it comes from childhood, the way that we're brought up, the things that we're exposed to as kids only in the last really year, maybe not even that. We're seeing stuff on like TV now and like on the media where you know, it's okay not to be okay, it's okay for men to talk, men support groups. It just wasn't there before. It didn't exist. We weren't in the conversation. Um, and when, you know, you're exposed, when you're brought up in that way, you've got 20, maybe 30-odd years of that being a mindset. That Men have to be strong, men don't cry, men have to man up, they can't show emotion and be weak. Well, they are being weak, but that's, that's what we're taught. It doesn't change overnight, you can't suddenly flip that switch in your head and start talking and start feeling comfortable doing that and open up. It just doesn't work like that. Um, so that's why you know we have just open the door a little bit, and it is, it is being opened because even today, this morning, I was watching Sky Sports News, and there was a thing about the England football team had an advert about, um, like it's okay not to be okay. How are you really feeling? Men can talk, you know, you shouldn't put a brave face on it. And I've never seen that before. And today's obviously World Mental Health Day. So that's why I came out today. But this stuff didn't exist a year ago or two years ago. It just wasn't there. So let alone 20, 30 years ago. So I really feel that's, that's where it's come from. And only now is society's kind of mindset and opinion changing. And it's less of a stigma now to talk about stuff. And men are allowed to join the conversation and does it does not make
0: us weak or no, not manly? Mm. Yeah, I think that is kind of key now. But I I kind of, uh, one thing that I found interesting is, um, you know, like you said, it's kind of stemmed from like, where uh, we've been kind of brought up. So childhood and things like that. Because I remember with me, even, I mean, I I didn't kind of see my dad. I didn't even think I saw him cry, not even once mm-hmm. or anything like that. So, but I've always kind of had this mentality of, right, you know, what, I've got to be strong for everyone around me I can't really you know like show if I'm gonna cry I'll probably just do it like behind closed closed doors or or what stuff like that and it's always kind of it's probably probably only until like maybe the past year also, I've i been a bit more relaxed in terms of you know how I feel like you know I can express myself I don't I don't feel ashamed like if I, if I do want to cry if I do have a day where I'm you know what I'm not okay but I may not want to admit it but now I'm like you know okay I know I'm not okay and I'm not afraid to kind of like tell someone or kind of just phone someone and say, look, I'm... even if it's, if it's something as, if something's small, but then it, the thing is it's, it's not small if it affects your mental health. There's nothing as, oh, it's small. Like with yourselves, of course, you've gone through something as traumatic as losing someone in your life. So that, that's not small. But even even with that, you still have the mentality of running well, to get on with it. But when you think of it, when you kind of just take away the whole uh, sort of masculine aspect of it, that that's a lot for anyone to deal with. Do you know? What I mean? anyone like it's not you so you can't kind of it's almost damaging to think that you can just right get on with it because you're going to you're what you're doing is you're not processing how you feel you're not because with grief it's, it's a it's definitely not an overnight thing it's going to creep up on you it's going to affect you in so many ways you know like I think there's no routine I, is it no, that's up to it yeah you know it,
1: it's, it's not, um how did that start for you? Did you start a conversation with people, or was it kind of your support group
0: that got you talking? How how did that change for you? Um, do you know? What? That's a good question. I think for me, it was mostly when um, when I started to meet a lot more people who had lost someone as well. So mm-hmm. so I, so I kind of it's like oh right okay I I've met this person and like because with the with my friend that I do the podcast with, um, I met him through his sister. So, and um so and it's actually funny because a mutual friend of ours um, who knows his sister um, said, oh, um, this person, she's lost her parents as well. Why don't you kind of have a chat with her and, you know, just kind of, just, you know, just kind of just talk to each other. So, so, okay, I did that. And then after that, I kind of met her, met her brother. And then we kind of had so much to talk about about different things, especially as there's some things that he feels like he can't talk to his sister about, you know, because the whole, again, the whole, like, masculinity things so we just kind of sort of start bouncing off of each other and was like why don't we just kind of set this podcast up and just let it just be something for us to talk and in the process obviously we've met with mean people like yourselves and other people so, and it's been good so now I feel like I just feel I never felt more comfortable you know like I'm actually mm-hmm. glad that I kind of started it I'm not glad how how, how it came about of course not because you know it's unfortunate that that we've met through you know, through loss, but either way, I think that the, the blessing in that is that you can kind of talk to other people who've been through it, you know, um, because it's not the easy thing. And that's kind of, um, sort of, I know before you started um, entering the group, how did you sort of um, deal with the loss of your mum?
2: In every way that I would encourage people not to. Hmm. Um, so, uh, so my mum had cancer. And um she lived for maybe about eight or nine months uh after her terminal diagnosis. So when when she did die, um it wasn't a shock and we were all, you know, we were all with her and stuff. But uh I went back to school straight away, maybe like two or three days later. I had my um my prelims, which are like my mock exams, um, like in a month's time. So I felt that like, you know, what my mum wants is for me to go back to school study really hard and do really well in these prelims Um, and then you know snowballed from there just kind of like drifted through school got my exam results at the end of the year did terrible and then kind of realized that like you know what maybe this has had an effect on my performance Um, and like I denied all the you know Macmillan support that I could get I didn't want to speak to the guidance counselors at school. I just kind of felt like no one would understand me. You know, you know, you kind of had that perspective anyway as like a 16 year old boy, like, you know, you're a bit angsty and you're like, no one really gets me. Um, I want to express myself, but everyone tells me that like, you know, that's not how I should be doing it. So I didn't, I just kind of like, you know, brushed it under the carpet and got on with it and continued to do that. And it, it wasn't until like I went to university and then I had to tell my new lot of friends, like what, what had happened. And uh, like one of one of my friends there studied uh, psychology and like, he was really nice and you know, he was really good at like listening and I still always go to him with my problems. Uh, so it wasn't really until then that like, because I, I felt I had to tell people, that I was then able to, like, process it in a correct way and, like, people would ask me questions about stuff and that would really help. And then, like, going from there, going back to my family and, like, you know, feeling that I'd benefited from these conversations, then trying to have them with my family and see how how they were,
0: really. Yeah, I mean, because I know I've read in the past, so... How was that like though because was would you say a lot of challenges trying to like you know kind of talk to your family about these things and you know especially your brother you kind of mentioned that you was he wasn't like not as open as like you are in terms of like the the loss
2: uh yeah um me me and my brother have kind of a a weird relationship I would almost describe it as like professional like we talk so he's he's a a physicist and I'm an engineer, and we talk to each other about about what we do, and not really much else. Um, but like, he has uh, his now wife um, with him through the through the whole thing, uh, and even now, like when I told him that I joined as a host for for Let's Talk About Loss, he was like, "Oh, is that not a bit heavy? Like, is is that not kind of hard to deal with?" Um, so he's, we still really haven't. You know, sat down and and like talked about how things affected us. Um, but I assume that that he he does that with his wife and and things and uh, and my dad too in his in his own time. But um, like me and my dad would, you know, brush round the issue a little bit when we would like sit watching dinner, uh, sit sit having dinner watching TV and like something cancer related would come on the news or death related and we might like have, you know, a tentative conversation, like tread the water a little bit. Um but it's you know it's been really until since I started Let's Talk About loss that uh I've been able to like speak to my family like, you know, way more openly because I know like I'm comfortable hearing other other people's uh you know stories and I feel like i i'm pretty good at um those kind of conversations, mm. so I feel a lot more confident now and like I'm a lot more comfortable with with what I have to say about my feelings too uh but you know it's still still an ongoing process like we we dealt with it like free men would deal with it um and it's only now that it's kind of changing
0: yeah I think thats it's a good thing to see how like especially when you found it hard. And now you're at a place where, you know, you can kind of feel comfortable with it. Because um, the same with you as well, Liam. I know you, you lost your uh, friend as well. And for you, it was kind of like hard because your thing was a thing of like, I don't want to be a burden. Like, and again, I, I'm sure that kind of stems from this whole idea, like, you know, as a man, you know, you don't really want to just like offload to people about your emotions. But again, that, that's that's a hard, you're, you're going through something that requires you to kind of deal with it whether it's through talking or some sort of therapy, but how did you kind of, um, would you say, is that that's still the case now? Do you still feel like it's a burden when you talk amongst friends or since you've joined the Yeah,
1: it's still, I mean, there's this, of people say, you know, we break the stigma, Um I think it's it's as simple as that. I think it, when we start talking, it makes it easier to, to keep talking and talk again, but just because you've done it once and broken through the glass ceiling doesn't mean you've done it and it's it and now it's easy and now you can approach anybody and talk openly it doesn't work like that i think like you said with being a burden i still feel that way i think i always will i think it's just a natural human instinct but my close friends that they don't have the same experience as me they don't they can't empathize what i'm going through so i can't so here's how i'm feeling how is it for you are we on the same page kind of thing it's it's not like that i don't want to bring them down by you know being negative and being depressing we don't see each other much nowadays because of obviously the restrictions and Covid so I don't want our interactions to be hey I want to talk about Matt I'm about my grief you know doesn't don't want it to have that sort of that vibe so it's still a tough one I mean I agree with what Callum said when I first when Matt died I didn't go looking for support I sort of shied away from it I did the opposite of what you should do but it took time to realize that um, I went straight back to work took no time off put a brave face on, I didn't talk to anybody, just tried to carry on with my life. And about two years later, I did. Um, it, I got to a point in my head where I thought, I have to get rid of this, or get this out of my head somehow, because it's just got too much now, no outlet whatsoever, I have to do something. So I wrote a blog for Let's Talk About Loss. I poured my heart out into this blog, just got it all out on paper, out of my head. And then shortly afterwards, um, BBC sort of saw it. They wanted to do an interview with me for something over Christmas, like a piece of their running about grief. So I had a real, very deep, um, powerful I get interview with, with them over the phone. And then that was just an absolute catalyst. My grief just to come flooding through me. It was something yeah. I'd never had in two years. I hadn't experienced that level of grief. And I realized that I was feeling then what I should have felt two years ago. I should have let myself feel two years ago, but I didn't. I kept it all in. And by doing that, it came out two years later in a huge way and sent me you know, crashing back down to earth kind of thing. Mm. So that was a real sort of eye-opener and a wake-up call for me that it's really not healthy to so be doing that. You've got to look after yourself. If you need to do something, do it. It's like any, anything in life, any problem you have, if you put it off and, and ignore it, it it's going to get worse. It only gets yeah. worse with anything. And it's, it's the same with this. Put your grief off and ignore it. It's
0: gonna come back and bite you on your
1: ass one day. but like, it's still there. It's not gonna go anywhere.
0: Exactly. I realised that in a big way. So. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's that's. that's what I'm talking.
0: Yeah. It's good that you kind of did that and you're at a place because sometimes, like I said before, if you hold it off for so long, it's gonna come out, whether that's good or bad. But obviously, but in, in, in your case, it's like it's it's come out and you've done it in a kind of like therapeutic way. You've written about it, and even with with the interview. Did you feel that like a lot of your friends kind of saw that, and and did they feel any different in terms of like talking to you, or did did any did much change? Yeah,
1: yeah I think so.
0: Um,
1: I think so. Having when they heard what I'd been sort of talking about and what and they read what I'd wrote, they kind of they I was able to communicate how I was feeling without doing a big scary start the conversation thing. It's a different way of approaching them, like, almost like you know, not straight to them, but in, in a different way. So they were able to understand what was in my head and what I was feeling and what I needed without me going straight to them. So that did, that did help start a conversation. It, it, it starts the conversation as well. Like, oh Hey, Liam, I saw your blog the other day. It was great. Should we, you know, yeah. we still, let's talk about this, but that wasn't there before. So definitely yeah. having that out there, it did change things and make, make it easier to start talking. And it made it a bit more a bit easier to actually yeah. have that conversation.
0: But even yeah. with, the, with the organization, uh, do you guys feel like it's, like I said, it's a conversation style, but do you guys feel like especially amongst like, even like family and friends, it's kind of like a lot less uh, burdensome as in for you to go to them. Or even if like you guys, you do talk about, it, it's not of, oh, you know, I don't know how to kind of talk to them, but because they, know, they see what you're doing with the organisation and everything. So it's a lot less uh, um, awkward.
2: Yeah, I, I find that definitely like my my family and friends ask how, let's talk about losses going um you know they ask if we've got new members they ask like what my plans are for the meetups I can talk to them about like what do you think we should do should we do like you know a bingo night should we like do a quiz what do you think would be good um and then that just kind of you know it it just kind of exposes them to like that this kind of thing is just like part of my life and then it makes it a lot easier to then follow that on to you know how how are things in general and then and even for me to ask them how things are in general for them like just what, what whatever problems they've got going on
0: yeah it just makes the conversation easier and i guess that's the point like it, it's good that it's like that like, because of course like i said with grief it's not uh, always a conversation start. but the more it's normalized the more it's not a thing of like it's seen as awkward and especially the more it's normalized amongst ourselves as men especially it's easier as well because with that when you're comfortable around around a topic uh, and the safe space as well it's easy to kind of like talk freely and even cry if, if if needs be as well because that's another thing as well like I know it's the cliche thing that guys we don't cry we hold it in but even that sometimes you need you need to you, we're not robots you need to let something out like it's not otherwise you you crash and yeah I'm not sure about you guys but that's one of my i would say like a, a fear of mine is is kind of getting to a place where i'm suppressing so much that it just comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. like that's what i'll trying to avoid but it, but there's, there's a there's a long way to go like you said of course you know um when you both um like started you thought the number of men was i mean it was, it was okay with it but it, it can be better but that's again that's better than nothing like i said it's it's better than nothing from it's a gradual thing because we know it's not going to take just all three of us to kind of change the narrative overnight. But again, it's, it's a start, you know, it's a start with we start talking about, it, then maybe someone else might know, but then again, it just sort of like trickles up and then people just start, you know, feeling comfortable. Cause that, that's essentially what you want to, you want to remove the, the stigma attached to it.
2: Yeah. Hopefully like, you know, the more, of these like podcasts and interviews we do, the more like stuff we post online about let's talk about loss, you know, the more people will see it. And even if it's not someone who's been directly affected, um, they could then like pass to their friends. Like someone from I don't know, anywhere in the country can have another friend somewhere else in the country and there'll be a let's talk about loss group nearby. Um so and then hopefully, you know, we'll get more people talking and it'll become more normal and that's that's really the aim for me at the moment
0: yeah definitely and I think what you guys are doing is great because of, of though like talking about it is, is good but even having um facilitating, facilitating that change as well like through the organization that is also key because um now I'm not sure if I know um, uh, Callum you wasn't too big on the whole therapy like, and counseling and, and stuff like that um but do you guys feel like groups like, like let's talk about loss can sort of not replace, not replace counselling but kind of like be an aid so like in addition to counselling you, you also have these groups
1: yeah definitely, um, definitely. I, Having gone Callum sorry
2: yeah um, I think someone said to me before there's like a, a suggestion that you wait six months after um, you've been bereaved to get counselling um, which I think is kind of weird but um like in that time like these kind of groups can like facilitate you talking about it like people understand like counseling has has its own stigma and it's like it's its own really scary thing like you know someone's gonna like properly look inside your head and like they're there for you and they're not really getting anything out of it but like in a a let's talk about loss group like you're all there for each other like even though like we're the hosts, we're not like, you know, providing the support to people. Yes, but we, yeah. we, we get just as much fit it um, much from it as everyone else. So like we just go and you have a conversation. Sometimes you talk about grief, sometimes you don't. And you just kind of like make friends who, who understand how you feel. So um, I would say definitely like, you know, it's its own, it's its own outlet and it has its own um, like, uh, positive things to gain from it that you wouldn't necessarily get from counseling but um like, a, like as you said like you know probably doesn't replace counseling if you if you need that then, then that's its own thing
1: mm. definitely yeah with, with with these groups as well with with grief in general in the early days if it's all new to you you've got absolutely no idea what to expect from one day to the next and it's scary right? it's terrifying you, you don't know how you're going to feel in a day a week a month's time how it's going to affect your work and the rest of your life so being able to actually meet other people that have kind of been through that stage and not come out of the other side, there's no such thing, but, but they've been through the journey and they've been through different stages, just talking to them and knowing that you're not alone, you're not the only one and it is okay. It's okay to feel a certain way. It's not like you feel worse grief right at the start and it gets better. It doesn't work like that. Mm. Um, and society shouldn't expect it uh, to, you know, to, get, to get better. From, from day one it doesn't work like that so meeting people that have been through that journey and ridden those waves you yeah. can talk from them and know what to expect it's not what to expect it's all individual but an idea of that you know it's, it's not it's not as simple as it, it gets worse to start with and gets better it doesn't work like that so meeting people that have been through that already it is a, a huge thing it does take away that fear a little bit of grief and what might be around the corner at least that was my experience
2: yeah I, yeah. I think oh no sorry go on uh, all I was just going to say is that like one of the hardest parts for me was um, I got to a point where i wasn 't really sad all the time anymore, and I started to feel guilty about it and then i didn 't really know what like what I was doing in my own head and I was like getting upset that i wasn 't upset about something I think I should be upset about and see if i 'd had like people around me like let 's talk about loss there at the time they would have just been like that 's so normal mate don 't worry about it and like everyone's felt like that at some stage um it'll maybe go away and it maybe come back but I was so confused as to you know like I felt like you know did was I was I too prepared for this was I like am I you know a robot that I don't feel sad anymore um but like if I'd had if I'd had that that kind of support um group there like you know That was one of the things I said in the first meeting and everyone was like oh yeah I know I know how that is and that would have just you know would have been so helpful at the time
0: yeah I I, it's weird because I had that same feeling as well of guilt because I think there was a but especially there was a time when um this is probably like a year after my mum had died I had uh so I went on holiday with some some friends and I felt good because I because I was I was trapped I felt should I be traveling? I mean, it's only been a year. I just felt like, why am I... Like, I was actually literally... And the holiday was probably one of the... Like, I enjoyed the holiday so much. But I kind of felt good for not thinking about her during the holiday. But I was like, am I... I, Is that normal? Like, I'm actually getting on with things because it's a time when I felt, you know what, I can't see how I'm going to get over this and be, you know, happy again or just do the things that I like to do again. But here I am on holiday, literally just without a care in the world. And I'm like, well, is, is that right? I, <laughs> I'm thinking, is, is that okay? But yeah, then, that's, that's exactly it. But but that's the thing. It's that is norm. It's not. It's not abnormal because, you know, I think it's healthy. You know, it's not. And even, and even though and having that moment of happiness doesn't mean you've forgotten about the person, or it doesn't mean you care any less about them, and. And that's one thing I'm kind of realised now. Like, it's uh, no one can make you feel any type of way about that. Not even yourself. You know, I think it's important to kind of understand that. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna, you're not gonna be the same in some in some regards, but you will be happy again. You know, you will be happy again, and there's nothing wrong with with that. And doesn't you being happy doesn't kind of invalidate that person you've lost, or means that you care about them any less. So, so that was kind of the misconception I had when I kind of was going through that. You know.
1: And the worst thing you can do is push back against something that you're feeling. If you're feeling good or feeling bad, you shouldn't try and push against it and feel the opposite. What I've found is you have to accept however you're feeling on a day, whether it's good or bad, accept it and ride it and process it and let yourself feel it. If you feel bad and try and block it out and pretend it's not there, it doesn't go away. It's just going to come back later on. And if you feel good, you should let yourself feel good. You can't feel bad all the time. That's not normal either. But that, that takes that takes time. I think it's part of the journey. You start to realise that it's a wave. It's not it's not a line where it goes bad at the start and gets better. It's it's, it's a wave, and it's okay to feel all these different emotions.
0: Yeah, and if, I think and I think um, nowadays, as like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of work, especially done in in the in outside the public uh, about mental health. Like today is World Mental Health Day, and of course, it's it's mental health for everyone. So of course, that includes men. That includes people who even are them who are even like macho, as we like to say, like everyone's health, mental health matters, you know. And part of it, yeah, is normalizing the conversation, but of course, there's a lot more work, lot more work to do. And you know, um, but I feel like a good starting point again would we'll be talking about it because I feel like as men, and I'm not sure what you guys think about this, our, our ego is everything. So, if for example, like talking about something, can I? makes our ego bruised or makes again emasculate we're, we're gonna have a problem with that so again we might not even want to talk or feel like again as you mentioned before uh for like a burden but i think the, the problem is is trying to like remove that the stigma in that in itself because that is ego it's the ego like it starts off with the ego yeah 100 so
1: exactly I mean? yeah i think like you said with people in uh so on you know the news the media on tv the more we can get it out there to the wider world the better um, but i do think it's been better this year i think there's stuff is, is happening but we need to carry on talking it can't just be we talk once or twice a year it needs to be keep on talking a year after year and keep the conversation going and only then can change be made
0: exactly I mean, aside from the group, or maybe it might be the group, um, how do you guys deal with like, your mental health when you are feeling um, down or feeling like, you know what, things are getting too much, whether that's because of the grief or just through like life?
1: To be honest, I've really learned to just be good to myself and listen to how I'm feeling. I didn't used to do that. I used to try and think, oh, I'm feeling bad today. I'm going to go out. I'm going to try and you know, block it out and push away from it. But I've actually learned, it's taken time, second three years, but I've learned if I don't feel like doing something, I'm not going to do it. If I want to lie in, I'm going to lie in. If I'm going to watch Netflix all night, I'm going to do that. And I'll feel better for it. The worst thing you can do is push against it and try and block it out. It just doesn't work. It doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help your relationships with your friends and family. It doesn't help yourself. It's not healthy. So I think listening to yourself and being good to yourself and doing whatever you need to do, you have to be selfish sometimes it's not being selfish it's just being true to yourself and it's so important
0: yeah
2: yeah i would say the same and just like you know kind of trying to not feel like a burden and and tell like you know my flatmates or my friends or my girlfriends like what um what is upsetting me and even if it's like a small thing you know just like sitting down and talking about it or like you know like you said Liam, you know, if you're not up for going out or whatever, just, you know, saying to the people, can we, can we just sit inside and watch telly together instead? Um, yeah, just, you know, like you said, just be kind to yourself and, and just do whatever your body tells you.
0: Yeah. To be honest, I feel like I still struggle with that in terms of, like, just not doing... I always feel like I should be doing something. So when I do kind of want to just chill... I'm just like, oh, I feel bad for just, just kind of wanting to just chill out. But I think, but more to my realize, I need it because, especially the past couple of days, I've been feeling a bit, um, burnt out. But not like physically burnt out, but just like mentally burnt out. I haven't really. I'm always just thinking about something, and it's like, whilst it's, it's good to always be, um, kind of actively thinking in a good way, but I think sometimes it gets a bit too much. Like, mm-hmm. I, like especially like with with the podcast, I always think, wow, I've got this idea to get this person to talk to this people but I'm always like okay that's nice but sometimes just maybe just take a break it's not no one's gonna say anything if you you know decide to I don't know go on a little hiatus because of your mental health that's that's fine as well so I think it's just trying to not overwork myself mentally and and I think lockdown has kind of made not made it worse but made it a lot um, harder to kind of sit still because I feel like right I'm wearing lockdown so I this is the time I need to be doing something I need to be active but you know what sometimes maybe this is time to kind of rest as well you know we've, yeah I've, we've I, found that, I found that a lot as well working at home um,
2: so like if it was like you know seven o'clock and I used to go used to go into the office uh, I would just and I had a brainwave I would just write it down do it tomorrow but I feel like I need to just jump on the computer and try and fix the problem because it's right there, and in that just kind of you know removes my whole routine like I really liked having you know the half hour walk to work, I could leave all my home problems at home, and I can then, I could get to work, and then on the way home, I could leave all my work problems at work, and it just but now like it's just all kind of fallen falling into each other, and you know if I sleep in in the morning. No one's gonna tell me that I need to be at work on time, but then I feel like I have to work late, and then it just gets me all out of whack. Um, but yeah, yeah, I need to. I do need to be better at that. At like stopping work at like five o'clock and not working
1: at the weekends. We're yeah. not. We're not. As humans, we're not like that, are we? The world doesn't let us do that. This is the first time when lockdown happened that we're able to just stop. And just switch off and do nothing which we had to we didn't have a choice but when have we ever had that before it's not normal for us to switch exactly. off it's not, and it's not healthy either so by doing that in my own experience it allowed me to switch off and process what's actually in my head and kind of feel what I need to feel but I didn't have yeah. time to do that before because the world is such such a busy place even
2: okay. then though when, when the lockdown started you know you'd see all over the internet people with their like you know, lockdown morning routines, getting up at 4am doing like a home workout before they start work, you know, meal prepping all morning, um, or like other people are getting into a new hobby and you know, they're really being productive and you're just kind of sat there thinking like, I need to be doing that. Like I need to be hustling through the lockdown. This is an opportunity. And you know, I'm so glad that fell away pretty quick. Like everyone was doing that 5k run I got involved with as well, (laughs) Hurt, hurt hurt my ankle. Uh, and then by the time it was healed everyone had stopped it was it was so great like i really felt pressured at the start to you know make something off this opportunity and then um, but you know it was really it was really banned for me it was really just like not who i am not what you know what i wanted to be doing
0: no i i had that as well i think for for me i was i think a lot of people were doing like press-up challenges so i thought right i've got i've got to get involved as well I've got to buy some sort of weight so I can do weights at home. But then after a while, I just thought, you know what? Like everyone, everyone's worried about their, their own sort of well-being. No one's really gonna be, care too much about, oh, if you if you didn't um, do that that run, or if you didn't do those press-ups, or if you didn't work out. Like there's bigger stuff going on. Like you know, like you said, we've never been through this before. Like we're used to glamorizing being busy all the time, you know. So it's like when we kind of actually have to stop. It's like, what do we do with ourselves? Like, even to the point some people are like, well, this is the time to kind of start a new idea, to work on this. I mean, and that's fine. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine as well. You, know, you don't you don't have to feel like you need to kind of start something. If you want to, especially a lot of people with, with you know, like maybe uh, codependence or even kids, they might, for them this might, might have been a, a luxury to be to able to just rest and just be like, you know what, for the first time, I don't have to worry about this or that. I can just chill out. Get some times in myself and not feel guilty about it you know yeah it's not all
1: about being the same as everybody else it's about being true to yourself and doing what you need to do
0: exactly that's that's, that's what's important um but one thing i always kind of ask people whenever we have on a podcast is just like what um advice can you sort of give to those in like your situation what those going through grief as well
1: the main thing i would always say is- it's my go-to because it, that's what I've been doing is just be good to you. Don't listen to what other people are doing. Don't copy, don't copy them. Uh, if someone says, oh, it's not manly to talk, ignore them. It's, that's their opinion. Do what you need to do. If you want to talk, do it. If you need to take a break from people, do that as well. Do whatever you need to do because grief is such a power. It affects us for our whole lives. It's such a powerful thing. It's not a small thing that's in the background. It's there every day in some, in some form whatever we need to do to make ourselves to help ourselves get through it and make it easier for ourselves do that it's not about what other people are doing or what other people think it's about what you need definitely yeah I'd, I'd
2: second that um, I would just say like you know don't, don't try and be a man you know just let if there's if you're offered free counselling just take it like I I wish someone was stood there next to me when I was 16 and just been like, just do it. Just try it once. You might, you might like it, you might hate it and that's fine, but just try it. Um, like, you know, take time off if you need time off. I think, you know, employers are a little bit more understanding of that now than maybe they were five, six years ago. Uh, you know, if you need to sit all, all day on Saturday and just beach on the sofa in your jammies, just do it. Like, there's not, there's not a recipe. There's help. There's support, but you just gotta go at your own pace and just trust that, that it's that it's gonna work out.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it's good. I think it's good because like um, there's certain things at the time I, I didn't wasn't aware of or or kind of didn't want to acknowledge because of you know, again stigma or just being a man. But now I feel like I'm in a place where I've learned from like. The mistakes or like the, the misconceptions so now I'm like so I think for me I'm also feel like I can kind of be better equipped to kind of help myself now and also maybe those who you know who, who I do come across that, that I've been through as well because that's the beauty of it though like you said grief is, is so powerful it's always going to be in the background but we can sort of still um, live with it and deal with it as as we're getting older as, we, as we're learning new things as we're transitioning in life you know, it's not going it, to, in time it, it might get, maybe I would say um, a lot less painful with time, but even, or it might not it's different, you know, there's no sort of right or wrong answer that that I would say we can um, give to people, but I think the main thing that you said is just kind of dispelling their misconceptions and letting people know, especially as men, that nothing is wrong with talking, or not even talking, if you, ha- if you have a safe space where, you know, you for example, a simple example maybe it could be you go to the a gym maybe like four times a week and for you that kind of helps you in some mental capacity then that's that's fine as well or you have a space where again like, like the group where you come to the group you may not necessarily talk but you just find the comfort in listening to others and learn how they deal with things you do that every week that's also fine as well you know so there's there's no um, there's no there's, I would never say to people this is how you should do it this is how you shouldn't do it with mental health it's, it's a lot more complex but I think in in, in short, it's a, a lot more complex. But I think like our mental health should be we should look after it whichever way we can. There's no there's no right way or wrong way. But because we've seen we've seen it amongst a lot of people, like, you know, where they get to a place of I won't say like no return, but they're not dealing with the mental health and unfortunately it's resulted in like tragic incidents, you know, like, like the you know, like like death and you know, I would have want that for myself or any there you guys you know so w- whichever way it helps you and it's positive that's that's it do, it, do it however you need to do it
1: you know yeah that's it and help is out there support is there exactly it's, exactly. There. it's never you know it's, it's never not there for anybody it's there it's which it just takes us sometimes to take that first step and ask for it
0: yeah um but just sort of round up i wanted to ask about um the frequency of the meetings is it like on set days or is it, um, how, how does it usually work, this, the schedule of the meetings?
1: It's uh, usually monthly. We do virtual ones.
0: So, oh, okay.
1: yeah, uh, at sort of, yeah, once a month, sometimes more. I have a lockdown. We're doing a bit more sort of interactive bits on, on our Facebook group, especially just to get people talking and interacting because no one was going out or, or seeing anybody. Yeah. So at least one a month uh, virtual meetups the last about an hour or so. Um, and we'd have other conversations sort of in, in the meantime and yeah physical meetups again they are about, about once a month yeah um, yeah we try to do one every month if we can sometimes it doesn't happen for various reasons holidays etc but i'll say 11 months out of 12 we do once a month if, if we can
0: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna um yeah so i've got the details but i'm gonna try and um, look at so i can attend one just to um, with you guys i think that would be good um awesome. But well, I appreciate you guys uh, talking to me today. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, like I said, sorry, it took so long to kind of set up, um, but we've got the sorry. end and, and yeah, I'm not sure if you guys are on socials or anything like that, but um, it would be good to just like, you know, stay in touch, you know. Um, I think that would be great. Definitely. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay. Cheers for having us. Pleasure. All right. That's been good. Well, I ho- hope you guys take care. And enjoy the rest of you the too, day. You yeah. too, man. Thank you. Right. Take it easy.